0: We just really, like, us being the consumer, we understand what everyone's looking for. So we just develop those products in mind. Yes, these are things yeah. we're using. Or we're selling. And selling. And so for us, our goal was to be the first smoking accessories company at Walmart. It's clean, they're functional products, they make sense. There's not weed leaves everywhere. There's not Rasta colors everywhere. You're not embarrassed by these products. If your girlfriend, mother, grandmother saw them on the coffee table, it's all good.
1: From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today at MJ Bulls, we are joined by Brian Gerber, the CEO of Hemper. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, this is going to be fun. I, I am so intrigued by the Hemper in a Box experience. I've been researching your website, going through everything, you give people an opportunity to try different products, experience different brands, all different categories, and they never have to leave their house. I'm like, this is one of those ideas. It's like, why didn't I think of that idea? Do you remember the moment that you came up with this idea or what inspired you to come up with this idea?
0: Totally. So I was in my last year at George Washington University in DC, sure, and I was like every other college kid trying to figure out what my next move was. Applying to jobs was one idea, or going to grad school was another. And I guess I had a third one, which was I'm going to start an online subscription service for paraphernalia products. And basically, in my last semester of school, I was building the Shopify website as opposed to studying for my finals. I was so gung ho on this. I basically was just purchasing a lot of these products for myself off Amazon. And the replenishment aspect, because it's a little bit more restricted products, Amazon wasn't allowing you to do subscription based for any of these types of products. And I was like, well, they're all replenishables. It's just like toilet paper. I can't get it quick enough. And so I started thinking like birch box style for smoking accessories. And I wasn't really into like paraphernalia or products like that. I, I didn't have a bong my whole life I didn't have grinders I didn't really have anything it was just kind of you know rolling papers and filter tips super simple right when I first came up with the concept for Hemperbox, box it was basically a discreet convenient economy priced product that ended up being more of a discovery outlet for consumers i graduated college may 18 2015 we launched june 1st 2015 oh, man. Yes, Yes. and so we had like 30 subscribers our first month, nothing crazy, and basically I was just curating a box of 10 products that I would like to receive as a customer, so I convinced 30 people to sign up, they got their box, they loved it, and then we just kind of kept moving forward, and then about six months into it, I launched a guest curated concept where we would bring in a celebrity, And we pilot tested this with popular YouTubers at first, brought them in, they picked the items for a month. And so that concept, we launched August 2015 with a small YouTuber named Jane Dro. And we catapulted from 300 subscribers in June, July to over 1500 August boxes. So the (laughs) snowball effect Started yeah. happening really quickly. We went from processing five, ten thousand a month to over fifty to a hundred thousand a month within first six months. So I was like, okay, that hit, that worked. And at this point, I majored in accounting and information systems. So I had a great starting idea at how business should be run, but obviously digital marketing and running ads in restricted space and influencers and all this stuff was just kind of on the job learning, right? Sure. And so We just worked with larger influencers. And one thing about the cannabis community is that it really doesn't discriminate professional skateboards. There's comedians, there's musicians, there's bankers, everybody partakes. So we just started going down the gamut of people who we thought really were on brand with us and that were in the community. And so we started working with larger YouTubers, larger musicians, and just doing bigger collaborations. And then towards the end of the first year, I was like, okay, we have 2,500 subscribers, We're growing like wildfire. What's next? How do we keep this box fresh? And I started doing a ton of research and everything led back to product development. New stuff all the time. And so early 2016, we started developing our own smoking accessories and introducing them through the subscription box, kind of like our own Trojan horse marketing outlet. Nice. And a lot of times with a lot of these smoking gadgets, you you have mold fees and a lot of startup costs. So it's difficult to really do a bunch of stuff at one time. Luckily for us, we already had the customer base and it was already basically pre-sold, right? Yeah. So we would develop product A, we'd make 5,000 units and literally within one month, they'd be gone. And we get all this feedback from all of our subscribers. They loved it. They didn't. we tweak it, whatever we had to do. And then we would go to our distribution and retail partners and say, hey, guys, look, we just developed this product. First month, we sold 5,000 units. They love (laughs) it. Look at the customer feedback you should put into your retail stores. And distributors started eating this model up because we were using a data-driven approach as opposed to, hey, I had this cool stoner idea. Please sell my product. It was just different. They weren't used to this approach. Wow. And so we've developed over 300 different products over the last seven years. And the way I looked at it was there's all these pocket markets, right? So there's glass, there's cleaning, there's storage, there's preparation goods like rolling, filter tips, lighters, replenishable things, odor eliminating products. And so we just started duplicating and innovating each one of these categories and then yeah. releasing it through the subscription box getting that feedback, and then driving the retail distribution front. So now we're in thousands of retail outlets. We're actually branching this year into convenience. So we're, we're approaching companies like Family Dollar, Dollar General, the 7-Elevens of the world. And so we're developing products, now cannabis apparatuses, in 7-Eleven and what that looks like. So yeah. we're kind of pioneering another lane with the tobacco flavor bands that are coming, there's going to be a huge need for shelf space because 60% of the tobacco shelf is going to get obliterated over the next 24 months. So we're mm. developing new products, not just through the subscription service, but outside now and tackling all those different pocket markets. And so we just really, us being the consumer, we understand what everyone's looking for. So we just develop those products in mind. Yes, These are things yeah. we're using. Or, or selling. And selling. And so for us, our goal was to be the first smoking accessories company in Walmart. It's clean. They're functional products. They make sense. There's not weed leaves everywhere. There's not Rasta colors everywhere. You're not embarrassed by these products. If your girlfriend, mother, grandmother saw them on the coffee table, it's all good. You said that your goal is to
1: be in Walmart. Now, Walmart... Is going to require you to have not tractor trailer loads, but train loads, in order in order to supply Walmart. So if that's the goal, are you going to be able to fund that internally, or will you have to raise money to get there?
0: Yeah. So we've raised a couple rounds so far. We did our seed and Series A in 2018. We've only raised about 13 total so far, and 13 total million. Correct. Only. (laughs) Yes. And we do have plans for potentially raising more. We've been talking with a bunch of PE firms lately that are looking at us more of like a platform play, kind of like a chewy.com, but for all paraphernalia stuff. And so a lot of people have been taking interest in us. And I don't know if you're familiar with our other side of our business, not involved with HEMPER, but... In 2018, we actually started a pre-rolled cone factory. And so we were selling a lot of bongs to a lot of the packaging companies when their business model was direct to dispensary and not grower processor. So like guys like Marijuana Packaging and Kush Bottles and stuff like that. And once they shifted away from that dispensary model to the grower processor, they got rid of glass. And actually, because we're manufacturing a lot of our own glass in India, there's always been this pre-roll cone shortage in the market. And they asked us if we could potentially figure this out for them. And so RJ went over to India. Basically, we figured out the lay of the land, took us about six months. And within six months, we had our first cone facility set up. And we went back to Kush Bottles and basically walked out with a half a million dollar purchase order. (laughs) And kind of fast forwarding to this day, we are now actually the largest pre-rolled cone manufacturer in the world. We're producing over 70 million empty pre-rolled cones per month for the market. Most of our clients are all the big MSOs, all the Canadian LPs, a lot of the big vanity brands out in California. And we're... Goal is to hit about 150 million cones a month right now. But just to give you some perspective, on order right now, we have over 450 million cones with P.O.s and deposits in hand. And so this kind of segued into our other business, which we call Horace Supply, which came in as a service-based entity to alleviate supply chain problems for the largest cannabis companies in the world. And we're doing just that.
1: Man. I can't believe the growth that you've had over seven years. It is such a cool story. I'm so glad you had an opportunity to share it with our listeners. I have all of Brian's information in the show notes and information about Hemphur. So if you wanted to go on, check out their site to become one of their 30,000 subscribers. <laughs> this is a great American success story. That's what we need. More of these. And it's all done in in cannabis, hemp world. And just great to have you I got to wrap this this show up, but I really appreciate you being on the show with us today, Brian. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate you having me.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge. And newest member... On PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at TheTalkingHedgePodcast.com or on all your favorite
0: podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out.